Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Hello, Bob. Trademark by Jordan Michael Voles. I hope you, Jordan, and Nathan are listening because nobody else that's listening knows what the hell that means. They're probably not listening, but you all are, and that's what matters. Welcome to this 16th episode of Perception is Reality with me, your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. How the hell are you all? I hope you're doing just fine. I'm doing fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, this episode is going to be fantastic. It's been in the works for a minute to talk about corruption. And the plan was to talk about corruption on the national level, talk a little bit about the history of corruption, and then to bring it into the local level. But some events from the last 24 to 48 hours has kind of changed that up. I'm actually, as I'm talking right now, recording over the old track that I had already previously recorded, and I said, screw it, I'm gonna do it live. We'll do it live! Thanks, Bill O'Reilly. But here's the deal. Uh, I want to talk about this in kind of a free form with me talking to you all, and it's just going to be a discussion, and we're going to talk about what corruption means to me. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history stuff, but I'm going to primarily just talk about how I look at corruption on the local level, and that's what this one's going to be. It's Saturday. I've worked a long, busy week. I've had a lot going on. I've had my share of crazy shit emails and text messages from rabid fans that want to tell me how fat I am and how worthless I am. People wanting to make up nonsense about me texting people or bothering what nonsense. So here's the deal. I am happy and thrilled when anybody wants to reach out to me. But the anonymous crap, I mean, the old, this is the way I look at it. If you're anonymous... You better be giving me some information that is really good and interesting and you're going to be an an anonymous source. If you're anonymous and you're telling me what a piece of shit I am because of my political activism and my attention to what's going on in the community and my willingness to engage in my local government and the governments around East Central Indiana, then you're nothing but a coward, and I give you no credence. So, bye bye I don't need it, and you are out of here. So, here's the deal. 
Today's episode is called Culture of Corruption. And I mean, I think that if you live in America today, you will probably have an understanding of corruption in some aspect of it. Or, you know, an understanding that it's very possible that people can be corrupt in local government, that our officials don't always do the right things. And, you know, it's it's interesting because corruption can deal with money. Corruption can talk about kickbacks and payments, and there can be a fiscal gain. But there's more than just that in corruption. There's more than just a monetary gain. You can also look at personal gain. You can look at political gain, like stepping stones for the future politically. And you also have to look at various types of corruption. Not all corruption is necessarily something that's illegal. It might be something that's legal But maybe it's just morally wrong, or maybe it's something that's not even morally wrong. It's just something that corrupts the way that elected officials should be handling a situation. To do that, you're going to have to kind of look at the definition for corruption and get an understanding of the word and get an understanding of what corruption is. And then I'm going to go through with you what I believe corruption is, and how I look at corruption. So that's going to be kind of what we're covering today, and we're going to be looking at a couple different scenarios. We're going to be looking at a couple different communities. I'm going to be giving you some input from my battle in Winchester, Of course, we're going to be covering Muncie and Delaware County. And we're just going to have a fun Saturday evening, or whenever it is that you listen to this. Thank you for listening to this. That's what makes all of this worth doing. And thank you for sharing this with your friends and your family and with anyone else that you share this with. You're listening on one of the many hosting sites like Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or the home of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. You could be listening at perception.fireside.fm. And I want to thank you for doing that. And so just remember to listen, to like, to subscribe, and then to share these episodes with everybody that you know. I also want to give a quick shout out to Kate and Niles Thornburg, producers of the show. Thanks for all that you do. Okay, coming right up after this break, we're going to be getting into corruption and what it means to those of us on the local level and how we can combat it. You're listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. I'm not on trial here. I'm not doing anything illegal. Oh, Shawnee boy. Illegal. Legal. The law. It's a funny thing when you're dealing with elected officials 
public officials, things like that. You know, I heard somebody that I really respect, gentleman who practices in the law, will be practicing in the law as an attorney, Trevor Okerson, makes a statement a lot that I really, really respect. And it makes a whole lot of sense, and I love to say it. The law, when you're dealing with public officials and and really anything for that matter, is the floor not the ceiling it's a starting point it's not the ending point so yeah it might be legal to do this or it might seem okay or it might be just good enough but that's where it's up to us as citizens to let the officials know if we're okay with just good enough if we're okay with well it's not illegal so Corruption, the word corruption, what what does corruption mean? The definition of corruption is dishonest or fraudulent conduct by those in power, typically involving bribery. Another definition of corruption is to be morally depraved or to decay or make not whole or right or original. In general, corruption is a form of dishonesty or criminal activity undertaken by a person or organization entrusted with a position of authority or power, often to acquire illicit benefit to the person engaging in the corruption and not the majority. You know, a lot of times you'll think of people who are engaging in corruption as looking to get some kind of financial gain, which is true in a lot of cases when you're talking about people looking to get kickbacks or maybe looking at companies that are doing bid rigging or other activities to put themselves in a position where they're getting something financially in return. But corruption can be something that you're getting political benefit from, like making yourself look or appear to be better than you are because you're getting something done that wouldn't otherwise be getting done, simply so you can use that as a stepping stone in your political career. And not always is corruption or acting in a corrupt way something that means something illegal or dirty or bad or morally wrong. Sometimes it can mean acting simply in a way that goes against the way that you should be acting given the circumstances and in the position that you're in. And we'll get into all of that stuff here in a minute, but I want to go back to the history just a little bit and give a couple quick examples of corruption within the old America political system and kind of how we came through today. All right, so who remembers back to history in high school talking about Boss Tweed of Tammany Hall? It doesn't matter if you do or not. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it, and we won't be here long. So William Tweed was a gentleman who came to power in the Democratic political system in New York, In the mid-19th century, we're talking 1858, he came to be at the head of an organization in New York 
called Tammany Hall. It's had a lot of different names, but it was a Democratic political machine. And what that means is they controlled a lot of aldermen or representatives, council people. They put up a lot of candidates. They had attorneys and they had people who worked in the construction companies and they just had their hands in a lot of the pie. And so what he was able to do was put into power the people that he wanted in power in those positions and in other positions. I mean, this man is the very idea of cronyism, political corruption, it's backroom deals, smoke-filled halls, and it's money and influence and putting pressure on people in positions, putting candidates up that they know are going to win because they have the votes, and people are getting jobs and they're bid-rigging. This is the very idea of corruption. And now we jump ahead to January 2019, and we have a news story on CBS Channel 4 out of Indianapolis, and we see that the FBI is in the city of Muncie running an investigation on top-level city administration officials, elected officials, appointed officials. For those of you that are tuning in that might not know of the situation or might be from out of the area, the city of Muncie has been under an FBI investigation since 2015, maybe 2014, at least 2015. And there have been FBI raids and search warrants issued. There have been indictments. There is at least one former appointed official, the building commissioner, who is currently, at the recording of this podcast, serving time in a federal prison for corruption-type activities. We're talking about bid rigging and other issues. And the reason that we know about this, the reason that this is something that is being brought to light is because of citizens like you and citizens like I who are digging and trying to find information, trying to keep our officials accountable and trying to keep our officials on the straight and narrow, making sure that they're transparent, that they're communicating, and that what they're doing is right. But it's not always going to be this money situation or kickbacks or crazy amounts of illegal stuff. There are going to be times when it's going to be an official just Bending the rules a little bit. See, if you go back to the definition of corruption, it's to decay or to take away from the original or to stop what was the good intent or the normal intent or thought. And so if you have a situation where like in Winchester, we had the mayor who had an idea, had a thought, had a plan, had something that he wanted to do which is not a big deal. That's what he's supposed to do. Think up of things to do if he wants. But there are steps. He takes them before the council. The council decides if the city has the money, if the city should spend the money. They vote. After they investigate the situation, they find out if it's feasible, they look into it. 
But in the situation that I was involved with with the drug rehab center back in 2016 and 2017, the mayor took that ability away from the city council. He was acting as mayor and as council by going ahead and filling out the loan application and not having the council decide on it. He was entering into real estate deals with people that he shouldn't have been entering into real estate deals with because as he stated that he was aware in a meeting later on down the road, mayors don't have the authority to enter into real estate deals. So it wasn't as though something that he was doing he could go to jail for. But I would definitely call it corruption. It's a corruption of what should be going on, bouncing back to the city of Muncie. Right now, we're dealing with the fire-based EMS situation. And whether you are for or against fire-based EMS, or whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, or you think that Dennis Tyler is right or wrong, or you think the council under Nora Powell and Doug Marshall is right or wrong, Here's the situation. You have a certain way that things should be approached. Right now, you have a debate on whether or not the mayor and his fire chief is in the right or the wrong because they took this very controversial plan and after it's been debated in the public and been debated in the council many times... They went ahead with it by going through the Board of Public Works. Well, it's the city administration's point of view that they have the authority to do that because the money is already appropriated and everything is already there. For people who are opponents of this, they say, no, the council needs to vote on this. And that's what's going to be decided here, you know, in the next few months, we're going to find out. I'll give you another example of that, and that is when the mayor of Winchester wanted to give $75,000 to the drug rehab that I mentioned a minute ago. He wanted to give them this money that they said they needed. and normally that's something that the mayor would take before the council. But due to a records request that I received, I found that the mayor had ordered the clerk to take that claim for $75,000 to the Board of Public Works. And the reason that the mayor gave for wanting to take it before the Board of Public Works and not the council was because he didn't want to have to fight the council on it. Well, excuse me, but that's not the proper step. Now, what happened is they took it before the Board of Public Works, and guess what? The Board of Public Works didn't feel comfortable voting on it. They all said that they felt that it was something that should go before the council. There were members of the council in the audience, and they stood up and spoke, saying that they felt as though it should go before the council and that they should have a say. So that was found because I requested records for it. Now, thank God in this situation, the Board of Public Works did right. And they stood up and said, 
no, this needs to go before the council. Now, I'll tell you what happened in the end was it went before the council, and the council didn't hold their own, and they ended up giving this money to the mayor for him to do this nonsense with, and the city lost $75,000 because they gave it to the Winchester House, drug treatment, and we could have given that money to another business to another situation which would have been economic development. But that caused the city council to enact a committee that the mayor then has to take everything edit-wise to stop them from doing situations just like that. The point of all of this is, I would have never known that had I not filed a records request. In the city of Muncie... There's a gentleman who is a watchdog, a community activist, Les Marsh, who really got the ball rolling with the FBI because he was being aware that the city of Muncie was, quote-unquote, tearing down buildings, homes and things, on empty lots, and that individuals were getting paid for nothing. So he started doing some snooping. He started asking some questions. He started asking for records. And lo and behold, he was right. There was corruption occurring. The reason I keep going back and forth is because I want to point out to you that corruption can be massively dirty, criminal, illegal, stealing money type situations. But corruption can also be as simple and as easy and not illegal as your council or your mayor doing something that just isn't right. You know, like I said earlier on, the law is the floor, not the ceiling. I've heard many, many times with my battle with Winchester that folks, the elected officials or appointed officials or their friends, family or supporters will say, well, it's not illegal, or it's just good enough, or it's okay. But the way I look at it is, is just good enough good for me? Is that just good enough? Is that good for the city? Because I don't believe that it is. And another example of what I deem corruption. Let's look at a situation, okay? Candidates running for office, and it doesn't matter if you're running in Muncie, Indiana, or Indianapolis, Indiana, or if you're in Ohio, or New York, or wherever you're at. Candidates in most positions from little wee small town and city government, city council, or mayor, or city clerk, or county commissioners, or so on, all the way up to president, has to raise money. When they raise money, they have to report the money that they raise. Now, do you understand why they have to report that money? Some people do, some people don't. Here's the situation. The reason they have to report that money that they raise is so that voters have the ability to see who's donating to them. There are all sorts of laws with campaign finance. You can only donate a certain amount. If you donate this amount, it has to go on the forms. Candidates have to report all money in and all money out. And that's something that 
they have talked about for years, along with corruption, that people hide money or do this or that. Okay, let me give you a real-world example. There is a candidate that I am following running for simple city council in Winchester, Indiana. His name's Kevin Carino. He's running for Winchester City Council District 4. Okay, so the primary election was over last month in May of 2019. And for each section of the election cycle, there are campaign finance reporting periods. So if you're a candidate for office during the primary election in May of 2019, And this is in Indiana. Wherever you're listening to may be different, but it's still basically the same principle. The primary is in May, so the filing period where you can collect money and then have to report it is from January 1st through April 12th. And then anything that you collect or pay out from January 1st, 2019 through April 12th at noon, 2019, you have to file a report on or before April 22nd. So he filed his report. No big deal. Me, being me, I filed a records request for that report and I got a copy. And I got it, and I saw that there was zero money in, like he collected no money, and there was zero money out, like he paid no money, like he didn't have anything or buy any election material. But I knew that couldn't be right, because he had had political signs that he had been putting up all over town for two weeks at this point. And I had remember seeing a Facebook post of his on like April 6th showing a campaign sign and the sign had the disclaimer on it that said paid for by candidate. So wait a minute here. You have a candidate who filed that he had not raised any money. That's possible and maybe the candidate decides to pay the material themselves but they still have to report that. If you go out and you buy $500 worth of signs and you pay for that $500 with money that you raised from 10 different people, you have to list those people. Or if you buy $500 worth of signs from your own pocket, it's a donation basically to yourself. So you have to report that. But here's the deal. He didn't. So... I contacted our state's Secretary of State's division and they said I needed to file a complaint going through the channels with the Randolph County Clerk's Office and the County Election Board. Now, the County Clerk's Office for each county is in charge of elections. So in the state of Indiana, the Chief Election Officer is the County Clerk. And out of the county clerk's office, there is an election board. The election board is made up of three members. The clerk, the Democrat Party chairman, and the Republican Party chairman. And they sit on the election board. 
and it's generally a two to one vote and it's the party of the the clerk normally goes with whoever chair is their party so if you have a republican clerk you normally have two votes republican to one vote democrat or if you have a democrat clerk you have two votes democrat and one vote republican and that's just the way it is it probably should be done differently and it would be something to look into and specifically with this deal i'm talking about i'm going to be looking at what needs to happen here to change this but here's the situation so i file a complaint with the clerk's office saying that the election board needs to take a look at this and we need to have a hearing and in randolph county you have a pretty inexperienced clerk who from what i've seen doesn't really know what she's doing you have a republican party chairman who couldn't be bothered he could care less what goes on he don't care what's going on and you have a very blah i've talked about him before far left fred davis a very off the wall horrible democrat party chairman fred davis far left fred davis and he sets on the election board and ben wells the republican party chairman sets on the election board and randolph county clerk mindy peed sets on the election board well here's where it gets interesting the candidate that i filed this complaint against is a democrat and one of his biggest supporters somebody that's kind of working on his campaign committee or team whatever is fred davis so I'm filing a complaint against Kevin Carino, who's working with Fred Davis, and Fred Davis is one of the people who will be listening to this complaint. And I knew this was how it was going to go way back when. So I file the complaint, and nothing comes of it. Kevin files an amended report, and they say the matter's closed. I ask for the amended report. And he did fix one small error on it. On the first report, he had got a date wrong, which needed to be fixed, and it was on the amended report. But guess what? The second amended report had zero money in and zero money out. And that's absolutely bullshit because he had bought campaign materials. Now, the first time, the first report, I'm willing to chalk up as possibly a mistake because he's a first young new candidate never ran before he's got fred davis helping him so he shouldn't be making mistakes but i'll chalk it up to a mistake but then once they have my complaint and they know that i'm looking for the money and who it was from and where it went there should be no confusion so once they filed the second report once kevin filed that I believe that was done wrong. I believe it was fraudulent. And in my opinion, it's a form of corruption. It automatically, in my mind, lets me know we do not want him to be a counselor. But getting back to the issue, so I contact the Secretary of State's office again, and I said, look, I filed a complaint. They said it was taken care of with this amended report. 
There's still no report of the money. I don't know who's donating to him. He's clearly got signs, so he's had to have paid somebody, and they tell me to file a second complaint. So I file the new complaint. And the clerk's office acts kind of befuddled. She seems like she doesn't want to be bothered. And here's my assumption of what's going on. Ben Wells doesn't care what's going on. He needs to be replaced. Mindy Peed doesn't have a clue what's going on in her office. So Fred Davis is running the show. And this is where the corruption comes into play. So I file this complaint, this issue, and I tell them my issue in the first place. And then I tell them what my issue is now that I feel like they're just kind of covering this up. And they're still unwilling to do anything about it. They don't want to have a hearing. And my thing is, let's have a hearing. Let's get it out in the open. If you are telling me that I'm wrong, then let's have a hearing. You tell me that I'm wrong. You prove that I'm wrong. And I'll be made the laughing stock. Or if I'm right, well, then no wonder why you don't want to have a hearing. So... All this happens, they go through, the prosecutor's office gets involved because this is a crime if it's done fraudulently, which in my opinion this is, and he files a third amended report, and I get the copy of it, and guess what? On that third report, far left Fred Davis has been shown on the report from way back in March as giving $492 to this young man. Now, it also shows that in March, then this young man owes Fred Davis $492. So it shows some money in and it shows some money out. It's still missing one of the important pages. And most importantly, it's not showing how much was paid to whatever company he got the signs from and his other material. And it's not showing how that was paid because that's what I'm looking for and that's what these reports are supposed to show so I file another complaint and now I've got the clerk's office in Randolph County running cover for this candidate which they should not be doing and I have them running cover for Fred Davis, which they should not be doing. So now we have the Republican clerk from Randolph County being led around by the nose by Fred Davis. And this is a level of corruption. Now, I have to decide where I'm going to go with this. Do I file in court as a private citizen a civil complaint against this and force their hand you have to see where you're willing to go in my opinion it's worth that I don't feel as though this kid should get a pass on doing what literally every other candidate in all 50 states has to do and he gets a pass because his mentor is far left whacked out Fred Davis and Fred Davis is the Democrat Party chairman and Fred Davis is who gave this kid money and Fred Davis is one third of the county election board 
and because Ben Wells doesn't seem to give a crap, and because Mindy Peed just apparently doesn't know what her position is, they defer to Fred Davis. And so if somebody is not willing to stand up, then in this case, this person gets a pass while everyone else does what they're supposed to do. And that is a level of corruption. And so I cannot let that abide. Now, some people say, well, it doesn't matter to you. Why does it matter? But it does. It's like the situation in Union City, where back in the primary, we had a city council race between two gentlemen. One guy lived in district, and the other guy who was running for that district seat didn't live in the district. He was like one block out. And the Republican candidate kept saying, hey, this guy doesn't live in the right district, but guess what? They didn't do anything. Well, now we're in a situation where the person who doesn't live in the district won, and if they let this go forward, it'll basically be taxation without representation because I know it's just one block over. But that'll mean the person who is representing District 3 or whatever district it is over there will be representing that district but does not live in the district. Rules and the law is there for a reason. And so we have to be very aware of what's going on because if we don't, if we give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And if they don't fight that out over in Union City in court and get the ruling, which we should be hearing on any day, it went to court on June 18th, if they don't get the ruling on that, one day, all of your city council members will be living in one neighborhood representing the entire city from one neighborhood. And that's not what's supposed to be happening. So the reason I'm fighting this deal for Kevin's finance report is because that's the way it's supposed to be. And he doesn't want to talk about it. And Fred Davis doesn't want to answer about it. And Mindy Peed acts like she's put out and her office staff seem like they're put out because I'm asking questions. Hello, you work for us. So if you're put out by me asking you questions, then resign. And Ben Wells... I don't know what you're doing or how you got where you got as far as the Republican chair, but dude, step down. Help your candidates out. You have a candidate running against Kevin Carino. You could really do that candidate a favor and step up to the plate and do the right thing here. Or you could lay down and take it just like everybody else is. Hey, please pass me the Vaseline and let me allow the corruption to go on down the road. I, I'm sorry, but that is just not possible. And so when I get the shitty hate-filled messages that I get from anonymous 
cowards threatening me and asking me if I like the speeding ticket that I got when I got pulled over, which makes it look like what I was getting pulled over for wasn't really the seatbelt, but was political retribution, then you have to ask yourself, are we okay with that? Or should we go ahead and just root out all the corruption so we don't have to deal with that? You know, now they're running around because I'm apparently getting close. And so they're trying to discredit me by making up allegations and all this nonsense and bullshit text messages. And I'll tell you what, I will not falter and it will not deter us. We will only have better government through citizen involvement. And the corruption has to be rooted out. Whether it's the corruption that involves kickbacks and money to politicians or others, or you're talking about bid rigging, or if you're talking about getting jobs by nefarious means, or if you're talking about nepotism, or if you're talking about just doing things in a wrong or underhanded way, if you're talking about letting paperwork or rules or regulations slide simply because you feel that you're in a position where you have total say, no, that will not do because it's us that have the say. And that's how I'm going to end this show today. It doesn't matter what kind of corruption is going on. It doesn't matter how many officials are corrupt. It doesn't matter what we think, what proof we have. If you and I and all the citizens in between don't act, if we don't get off our butts, if we don't get informed... If we don't ask questions of officials, if we don't get out to the meetings, ask questions, understand what's at hand, and if we don't get out and vote, then stop bitching about the corruption because it doesn't matter because you're letting it go on by the wayside because you aren't making a difference. I hate hearing people say, <laughs> if you don't vote, you don't have a reason to bitch. Great. You know, I feel like the majority of the people who say that aren't voting. Listen, I'm not asking for you to be as carried away on fire, politically active as I am. I'm not asking for you to go to five or six different city council meetings. I'm not asking for you to pay attention in every community in East Central Indiana. I'm asking for you to pay attention in your community. You know, in the May primary election that we just had, the voter turnout all throughout the state sucked. Not just in Winchester, not just in Muncie, not just in Indianapolis, but everywhere. And everywhere I hear people say, oh man, it's so bad, you don't understand the corruption we have. It's not this bad anywhere else but here. No, it's that bad everywhere. I've said before, and I'm going to say again, 
the producers of this show, Kate Niles Thornburg, was talking to an elected official who told them recently, well, it's bad everywhere. Well, the first of all, it doesn't matter if it's bad everywhere because you only live one place. So focus solely on your neck of the woods and try to better that community, your government. Better local government through citizen involvement. And then from there, we can spread outwards. But here's what we need. We need citizens to actually stand up and say, I'm sick of the corruption. I'm sick of Phil Nichols running the Democrat Party in Delaware County for 72,000 years. You know, we had an interview on the other day from the former mayor of Muncie from 1992. And during that time, in 1992, the city council president, who also happened to be the finance chair committee, which is a very powerful spot, was also the Democrat Party chairman, who just happened to be Phil Nichols. And Phil Nichols is still running the show. Now, he's trying to hand it off to a new generation who's willing to take the torch and light a whole other path of darkness for 214. And we're seeing that in the likes of Doug Marshall and Nora Powell. And we have to say no more. There's an FBI investigation going on. And the reason it's going on is for so long, so much underhanded crap went on. And it might not have been illegal. And it might not have been crazy bad. It might have just been enough to be dirty and deceitful and morally wrong that it went on and on and on and on that it got to a breaking point and that's what happens with the corruption maybe at first it doesn't start out with taking thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars and kickbacks and even major bid rigging maybe it starts out with one official doing something they shouldn't be doing or taking a step in an action that they shouldn't be taking. And they do it again, and an elected official does it again and helps out a friend. And a candidate does this, or a party does that. Or they let somebody pass on a campaign finance report. And after years and years and years, the people who come after that, standing on the shoulders of giants in the corruption world says, well, to hell with it. I can do this. Look what all they've done. And then they cross the line into the crazy illegal stuff. So, since the FBI's in Muncie, since in Winchester we've gotten ground gained, since it's 2019 and we have social media and we have citizens who are saying they want to be active and they want to be aware, then let's keep it going. Let's not just be talk, but let's be action. 
let's say no more corruption. And they're not just going to say, okay, well, you said no more, so we'll stop. We have to say no more corruption, and then we have to kill the corruption. We have to snuff it out. And I'm not talking violence. I'm talking metaphorically. I'm talking figuratively. And I have to say that or I'd be accused of craziness because I'm getting someplace and they don't like it. You have to be willing to take the heat too when it comes because it will come. But if we stand together, we can defeat it. And I need your help. And you need my help. And there are other brothers and sisters out here wanting to build a better community for their kids and for the community as a whole. And they need our help. And something that you can do that's just easy to help is spread this show. Spread this message. Let them know how to get in contact with me. Let them know to find me at Christopher H. Bilbury on Facebook or to email me at khbilbury at gmail.com or to call or text the show at 765-546-9796. Let them know that they can find the show at the show's home station at perception.fireside.fm or they can Google Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury and they can find us on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and TuneIn and iHeartRadio and SoundCloud and Spotify and many, many more. Let people hear the show and get involved. Let's stamp out corruption. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Uh, Well, folks, that's our show for today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share the show. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury at perception.fireside.fm and all fine podcast hosting sites available. We really need to spread the message. I want to thank you all for being as supportive as you have been to me, to the show, to the call. It's been wonderful. I just really can't say thank you enough. I'm already looking forward to Tuesday's discussion. And I want to say from the very bottom of my heart, for all of us here at Perception is Reality, Niles, Kate, and I, thank you very much for listening. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you Tuesday. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 
9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.